Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to a very special edition of our Gospel Truth broadcast. This week, I've been using teaching from our new product here on biblical worldview on sexuality. I tell you, this is important. Man, our people are so confused today. They don't even know if they're a man or a woman. And when it comes to marriage, they think marriage is between two men or two women, or they, you know, it's just, it's a mess. And it's because people don't have a biblical worldview. God's the one that created marriage. God's the one that said it wasn't good for man to be alone. And so we are sharing what the Word of God has to say on sexuality. And this is 10 teachings right here, not only by myself, but we've already had Alex McFarlane on on Monday's broadcast. Yesterday, I shared Pastor Dwayne Sheriff talking about what the purpose of marriage was. Today, we're going to continue with Pastor Dwayne Sheriff talking about the covenant of marriage. People don't understand marriage is a covenant. It's not just something that you try, and if you don't like it, you just throw it away and go get you another one. There, Because there isn't a biblical perspective on this, marriage is not working. It's not marriage that's the problem. It's our lack of understanding. And I tell you, Pastor Dwayne is a great friend, a member of my board of directors, and a powerful minister. You'll be blessed. So watch this. This is just a portion of his thing. We will come at the end of the program today and share with you how you can get his complete teaching on the covenant of marriage. Hi, I'm Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, and I'm excited about this session that Andrew has allowed me to be a part of. This entire series, I pray, has been a blessing to you on human sexuality and all the different perspectives and philosophies of even the world versus the Word of God. These things, I believe, are very beneficial and helpful, and I just encourage you to, to take good notes and to share this material with others. In this particular session, I want to deal with the covenant of marriage and how that marriage is a covenant. And again, there's a secular worldview of marriage, and then there's a biblical worldview of marriage. And God's Word is His thoughts. God's Word is His ways. God's Word, if you will, is what allows us to be able to say there are absolutes or who has final authority even in our world. And when you come at things from a biblical view versus a secular view, even in our world, you're saying that, I believe that God is final authority. I believe that God created the universe and God created the earth and God created, if you will, man, and that God has a plan for man. And the enemy, the devil has a plan for man. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. And yet God has a plan for man. And in John 10, we're told that Jesus said we came or He came that we might have life and have it in abundance. And so God has a philosophy, if you will, or a worldview. And, and man has a philosophy and a worldview. 
just for your notes or for your leisure time, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 deals with how that there are four things that can spoil even the church. And the reason I'm using the phrase biblical worldview versus even a Christian worldview, I'm not being negative about a Christian worldview, but as a pastor, I've discovered that many Christians do not have a biblical worldview. They, by default, in many cases, have a secular worldview. They haven't been taught the Word of God. They haven't been discipled. Part of what Jesus has called us as a church to do is to go into all the world, not just make converts. Yes, we need to be evangelistic. We need to lead people to Jesus. Absolutely. But the Great Commission is to make disciples of all men in Matthew chapter 28. Discipline followers and those that have made Jesus Lord of their life, but are also being taught and trained His commandments in their lives. And so marriage is a part of human sexuality. And I want to, in this session, deal with what is a marriage. Now, I know that may be insulting to some people because for nearly 6,000 years of human history, all cultures have known what a marriage is. And marriage has not been challenged like it is in our culture today, even what makes a marriage. So what is a marriage? Who created marriage? If man created the institution of marriage, then man would have the authority or the right or the flexibility to define it. But if marriage is created by the Creator, if marriage is created by God, then, then God is the one that has the right and the authority to define it to describe it, and again, to teach us how to have a successful marriage. And so those are some of the things I'm going to look at in this session and how that marriage, again, is a covenant. So let's, let's look at the first one of, of what is a marriage according to a biblical perspective and who created it, who came up with the idea of marriage. I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 2 where God approaches Adam in verse 18, and in verses 18 through 25, we have the foundation laid in Genesis of the first marriage and who created it, whose idea was it, um, et cetera, et cetera. In verse 18, in Genesis 2, And the Lord God said, It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made a woman, and he brought her to man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were naked, both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So in these passages, we see that man didn't create the institution of marriage. Man didn't come up with the idea and the manual 
and the understanding of what a marriage is. It was God's idea. God is the one that approached Adam. And I think that's so important that people who know the Lord and, and people who are, are searching and seeking and investigating the thing we call the faith. And all of us need to understand that man did not create marriage. Man didn't initiate marriage. God did. God is the one that came to Adam and brought this up. God is the one that took female, took her out of Adam, built the woman, then brought her back, and they became one flesh, and, and it was God that joined them together. So the first thing we have to understand about marriage and now our sexuality is where did it come from? Again, what is a marriage? We see here that it was a male and a female. Who created it? Who, who instituted marriage? It was God, not man. It's interesting to note that man was given in Genesis chapter 1 dominion over a lot of things. And you can go back and, and look at what God gave man dominion. You'll have dominion over this. You are to rule in this area. And you will have authority here and authority there. And, and man's dominion was delegated and authority was delegated by God. But the one thing that man wasn't given dominion over was marriage. Man was not given dominion over marriage. God has dominion over marriage. God is the one that instituted marriage. God is the one that created it. Another note that needs to be taken on this issue is that marriage was created by God before sin ever entered the world. A second note is marriage wasn't just given to the church. The church didn't exist. Marriage was given to the human race. Marriage is God's gift to us all. Marriage is God's wisdom in human development and human relationships and how to have a healthy culture. God is the one that, that gave this gift, holy matrimony, to the human race. And then I think uh, another thing that's important to to, to see is not only did, did God create it, not only did God initiate it, God is the only one that can define it. Again, He, he didn't create marriage for the experimental or social experiment of male and male together or female and female together. God is the author of our gender. And that's one of the reasons there's such a resistance to gender is it's an affront to God. It's the ultimate, one of the ultimate rebellions to God is no one is going to tell me who or what I am. God made them male and female. And I know that's controversial, but man, that is sad that we live in a culture that is controversial to say that there's only two genders and that God created our gender. God formed us in our mother's womb, Psalms 139. So even the gender confusion is an attack on the institution of marriage. And again, this institution was created before government. It was created before Israel was formed. It was created before the church. It was created before sin entered the world. Man, that, those are huge biblical worldviews that need to be understood in a, in a healthy culture. And so if man created marriage, if man initiated marriage, if man had authority over marriage, then man could redefine it. Man could reconstruct it. 
man could do and say whatever he wanted to do or say. But if it's created by God, then God and God alone has the authority to define what one is. And God defines a marriage between a man and a woman, a male and a female, and that in original creation, as I taught in my previous session, female was on the inside of the first male, Adam. And God took female out of male, made the woman. Verse 23 of Genesis 2 says that she was taken out of man. She, female, was taken out of man. God built the woman and they came back and it says they became one flesh, that this is the reason you leave your father and your mother and cleave to your wife. You're to leave the parental oversight and break the parental direct cord of authority. And now you're to cleave to your wife and you form a new family, a new home, a new place of authority that hadn't been there before. And that you are no longer two, but one. As I taught in my last session, Adam and Eve were as one in the covenant of marriage as they were in creation. God created the first male and female and called their name, Genesis 5, 1, Adam. Female was in Adam. God took her out. God brought her back. And Adam said, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. The parental cord, I believe God recorded this for us because one of the strongest bonds that all of humanity and every culture understands is the bond between parent and child. There is an instinctive bond between a parent and a child, yet that bond is to be broken. That parental cord, that parental oversight is cut and broken at marriage. My children were under my direct authority and responsibility until marriage. Once they married, they are to leave their father and mother. It doesn't mean they have to leave the country. It doesn't mean they have to leave the state and get, get as far away from, from Sue and I as they possibly can. No, the leaving is that I am no longer directly responsible for them. I'm no longer accountable for their, for their actions. And, and they're not under my, my authority. They're not under my direct authority. They come out from under that. So watch this. Notice that marriage puts asunder the parental cord of authority. But marriage between a husband and a wife is not to be put asunder, but by death. While marriage separates us from the parental cord, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, only death and death only is what the scriptures teach and a biblical perspective brings to us is to separate husband and wife. Yet even within the church where we need a biblical perspective, many people feel stronger to the bond of their children even after they marry than they do their own spouse. And so that comes from a lack of understanding what a marriage is. And again, who created it and for what purpose? Adam and Eve became one flesh in the covenant of marriage. They were no longer two, but one. And I've already shared and documented some of the, some of the realities that are a biblical perspective that come from that union. So this is the writing of Moses. Moses penned the book of Genesis. So Moses was an authority 
And Moses has presented, if you will, uh, God, the creator of our gender, uh, male and female. Moses presented what a marriage is, who, who initiated it, who created it, and things of that nature. And a lot of people think this is just an exception to the rule and that you can't use the relationship of Adam and Eve or the creation of the first marriage and, and apply that to marriages thousands of years later. Yet Jesus taught in Mark chapter 10 that what the Genesis account has recorded is God's philosophy on marriage, God's viewpoint on marriage. It's a biblical worldview according to Jesus. So let me read to you Mark chapter 10, and this is where Jesus was asked questions about marriage, about divorce, and even about the law in regards to marriage. So we'll look at Mark chapter 10, and they, they'll be putting these up for you to make this convenient for you. But again, I like to, to read it from the Scriptures, and as I stated in my, my first session, I, I, I'm not doing a selfie when I'm looking at my phone or on Facebook or anything of that nature. I've got my Bible downloaded and many translations downloaded on my iPhone, so it's easy to carry these different translations everywhere I go and, and be able to, to get to them. So here's Mark chapter 10, and Jesus has been challenged by by the culture, if you will, you could put it in that context of, of marriage itself and divorce. And so they've asked the question about divorce and is it okay to divorce your wife and how that in the law, Moses gave them a bill of divorcement, that there was God's mercy, there was God's grace even revealed under old covenant law in regards to the marriage covenant and Look at Jesus' response here in verse 5. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Because of the hardness of your heart, He wrote you this precept. So Jesus has given us a, a biblical worldview. He's giving us God's philosophy, God's view of things in regards to divorce. And man, this is not only a biblical truth about the hardness of heart. As a pastor, I've seen the pain in other people's lives of divorce. Uh, my own parents divorced, and I saw the consequences of that and the pain of that as a, as a young person and on my siblings. And, and so I, I'm aware of this, and I have noted over the years that you literally have to harden your heart, either by a secular worldview and uh, minimize the covenant of marriage and, again, get a hard heart to go through with the the, the issue of divorce and the pain it creates and the consequences. And so Jesus is addressing this, that Moses allowed you that because you had a hard heart. You hardened your heart. And boy, our culture is filled with people with hard hearts. And so he goes on to say, and I love this, verse 6, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Wow. That is awesome. Jesus the Son of God, the Word that was in the beginning, that was a part of all of creation. And, and He, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, when He answered the question about marriage and divorce thousands of years after what Moses had recorded. Keep in mind, 
even the audience he was speaking to, they weren't born again. They weren't spirit-filled. Even in this setting, they, they weren't hungry for truth and, and the goodness of God and, and how to view life. They were trying to entrap the Lord. They were being contentious about it. And Jesus took them back all the way to the beginning and said, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Wow, God is the author of our gender. And man, can you imagine how simple things would be if we just had a biblical perspective of everything? How many questions could be answered? How many people could be delivered from all this confusion? How many young people's psychological development could be, be spared the pain of being exposed to things like there are multiple genders? And many of the speakers have talked about as many as 63 now, 70 different genders that gender is somehow another fluid. Gender is somehow another a part of just your feelings. And if you wake up one morning and you don't feel like a man, then you're probably not. Or you don't feel like a woman, you're probably not. And yet Jesus made it clear that from the beginning, so He felt like what Moses said and what was recorded, which was God's Word, is final authority. God created them male and female. Now watch this. Why did God create us male and female? Why? Did God take female out of Adam, build a woman, bring her back, and reunite them in marriage as one flesh? This goes on to say, God made them male and female, verse 7, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Jesus said that all of their marriages, thousands of years after Adam and Eve, God joined them together. God made them one in the covenant of marriage. They were no longer two. They had become as one in marriage as Adam and Eve were in creation, original creation in the day that God made Adam in that day, the sixth day, He made male and female on the inside of Adam. On the, on the seventh day was the Sabbath, and, and they rested. Work didn't begin until the eighth day, and naming animals is work. And so I don't know how many days it took for Adam to name all the animals, but it was multiple days before she, female, was taken out of Adam and then God made the woman and brought her back. And it says, therefore, this is why we are to leave our father and our mother and now cleave to our, to our wives. We are not to live two separate lives. We're not to be going in two separate directions with two different philosophies of life, two different visions for life, two different, two different sets of friends, two different set of bank accounts. Two, I could just go on and go on with how many people who even have honored what they call a marriage, but they don't understand the blueprint of marriage and why God created marriage and even why He created us male and female. I, I'm not sure I've heard anybody even say, God created us male and female for marriage. Isn't that powerful? I tell you, I, I love Pastor Dwayne. This man is a blessing, and I know that you were blessed. And remember that what he shared today is just a portion of his teaching. And if you would like to get the whole thing, we have it available in this series entitled Biblical Worldview, Sexuality, 
and you can get this. You get a study guide that is inside of here, and this study guide has all of the material from all of the different teachers, and you have questions. You got the answers. This is designed that you can teach others. It also has a little USB that has all of the audio portion of all of this teaching, the questions and answers, and then you get an access code to our website where you can actually get the videos and all of this is part of the biblical worldview on sexuality. We already have a product entitled Biblical Worldview Foundational Truths. This is 12 hours of my teaching, but this is a combination of my teaching, Pastor Dwayne, Alex McFarlane, uh, Greg Moore, Carrie Pickett. Anyway, it's great. Listen to our announcer. He'll give you all of the details. And please take advantage of this. I promise you it would make a difference in your life. Today, Andrew's pleased to offer the next topic in the Biblical Worldview series titled Biblical Worldview Sexuality. In this series, Andrew's joined by Alex McFarland, Bill Federer, Dwayne Sheriff, Greg Moore, and Mike and Carrie Pickett as they outline the importance for every Christian believer to have a biblical worldview with regard to sexuality. Each of the 12 lessons includes a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF wrapped in a single box set containing a workbook, audio USB, and personal access code to the online videos. Through the online platform, you'll have access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. You can get Biblical Worldview Sexuality today for only $120. Or you can receive Biblical Worldview Sexuality as part of the Biblical Worldview Package, which includes both installments from Andrew's Biblical Worldview series, Foundational Truths, and Sexuality. This package has a catalog value of $240, but you can get them both today for only $197. Go to awmi.net to order these valuable resources today. If you haven't yet partnered with us, I'd like to encourage you to pray about it. And then if the Lord says so, join with us because we are taking the gospel not only through television, but we have 8,000 students going through Karis Bible College with over 8,000 graduates. We're pumping out over 200,000 free hours of material on our website. And we're just reaching all around the world. We couldn't do it without partners. So join with us and become a partner with us today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline 24 hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 719-635-1111. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. At the time that I enrolled in classes, I wasn't able to move all the way to Colorado and, you know, uproot my life. The flexibility of correspondence school was one of the biggest draws for me to enroll. I could get things done throughout the day and then I could go home and, and do my lessons. It's been such a blessing for me, for my family just to see what God can do in a person's life when they just surrender and say, okay, God, I'll follow you. My name is Macy and I was a first year correspondence student. 
You can complete your first year of Karis Bible College as a correspondent student. Go to karisbiblecollege.org to learn more. Our right to vote is something that men have paid their lives for us to have the right to do. But as Christians, it's more than a right. It's a responsibility. Our opinion really doesn't matter. It is what biblical truth says. That's our calling as believers, is to stand on the truth, defend the truth, proclaim the truth, because Jesus said it is the truth that will make men free. And this election is about the truth. Go to truthandliberty.net for more information on how you can vote your values this November.